millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Timeline Tapes. I'm your host, Nate Fisher. Our YouTube channel, Timeline, has hundreds of unique documentaries to enjoy, but we know that not everyone has the time to sit back and watch a full-length feature, so we decided to turn some of our favorites into podcasts that you can enjoy wherever you are. Previously on the podcast, we explored the fascinating terrain surrounding the Black Sea that may support the Black Sea Deluge hypothesis. If you missed it, I'd recommend going back and listening to it. This week, we're starting off by exploring the wildlife that may have lived within the borders of the Black Sea, and the extraordinary archaeological findings that have been made in recent years. Once more, the narrator of this episode is Dwight Payne, who is joined by Black Sea experts William Ryan, professor of marine geology and geophysics at Columbia University, and James Neenhouse, author of Ice Age Civilizations. Of course, there are lots of predators around, from predators we know today, like Arctic fox and wolves, to animals who have modern relations, but these guys were bigger. Cave bear, cave lions, for example, possibly about the size of um, a modern horse at the shoulder. A very, very sort of stocky animal that could take down the huge um, giant deer or um, the aurochs, the, the, the wild cattle. Cave hyena as well existed. And many of these things were hunted out by people, but possibly their populations became smaller first as a result of climate change. Cave lions persisted until about 2,000 years ago in places like Kazakhstan, in Central Asia, for example. During the Ice Age in the Northern Europe, climate here was much more mild, it was cool, it was uh, twice as much of precipitation than we have now, with a lot of snows during the winter and not a lot of rains during the summer. And definitely the flora and fauna of the uh, region was completely different, which we know from the archaeological data. So they were the forest hunters. So as usual, the dwellings was, uh, first of all, they made the pit and then some kind of construction on the pit. Uh, how big was the construction above the pit, nobody knows. Uh, but we have some traces of the sticks around the pit and it means it was the structure I know uh, which have the present day analogy of Chum. Uh, in Chukotka style or Eskimo or Wigwam of the Northern American Indians. 
forest kind of wigwam and uh, usually they have the hearse fireplace in the middle and uh, sometimes in one case at least we find the burial in it. The world that consists of animals, these are the horses and it is known that uh, it was the Chimerians that learned to ride horses. You can see the armor and it uh, shows us that it was the warrior ancestor. The advanced tooling of the ancient Thracians, the Scythians, and the Cimmerians, ornaments and jewelry have been found with um, fantastic precision. The tooling skills were spectacular. And also, uh, people have heard of the Antikythera device, which was made out of brass with, 10, with 50 to 70 gears in it, finely toothed gears working interconnectedly. Their tooling capabilities were spectacular, as witnessed with the jewelry and, and whatnot, which have been discovered with these ancient Thracians. They had much wherewithal from the tooling skill. Well, geometric patterns of long bone tools uh, usually it's connected with Gorodzovskaya culture in the mid-dawn. Uh, they've never been in Crimea, uh, but uh, they have very impressive bone technologies. Uh, some of them uh, was made from mammoth bone, uh, long bones, and looks like the shovels. Uh, the another was the pendants made from a different kind of bones of birds, as well as the pendants made from mammoth ivory. Uh, geometric patterns are usual for that time. It's uh, rounded with a hole in it. That's all. So they use it like a knuckle, something like this. Very rare are found of jewelry in this uh, in burial mounds, but uh, it, it was sometimes a silver, silver plates, silver spirals, um, medallions, amulets, maybe we don't know, with the rings and crosses on it. Pottery is the only one reliable way of age dating. All the rest, uh, like tools, uh, usage of the metal, of lint, it is a cultural issue. And uh, at the same time, different cultures can live in one area. Like today in Australia, you can find the nuclear missiles and uh, aborigines with the flint tools at the same time. And uh, definitely in area where there's no sources of copper, Copper tools are much more expensive, that is why people are more careful with them and most of sites uh, which are found here doesn't have metal. There are hundreds sites here with flint tools and only a dozen with copper tools. This is a huge problem for archaeologists uh, who follow uh, traditional uh, progress idea that everyone who was older used only flint tools, everyone who are younger uh, culture, all cultures at Yange use metal tools, but all the sites could belong to the same period. It's just sites of more uh, prosperous and uh, more poor people, that, that is why they had different tools. The most surprising uh, find of our excavations was a bronze X on uh, for catacomb culture uh, on a 2000 burial, uh, burial mounds, burials was just four 
bronze axes, and one of them is in now University Museum. We found uh, ancient copper mines uh, near near town Popasne. It's uh, 30 kilometers far from Kurgan. We were, we were today, and uh, there were different type of mines. Uh, they uh, collected uh, copper ore, and uh, they work with it and made uh, tools. Bronze and bronze tools. All style of Kurgan is a, a stair style when we can see that the bricks have a, st a stair construction. In 19th century, this uh, stair is called uh, Egyptian arches. These burial shrines, known as Kurgans, are thought by many to have been built during the Bronze Age. This is the time when the Cimmerians were assembling fortifications with these types of megalithic blocks. The Mycenaeans of Greece, circa 2000 BC, were building citadels with sculpted megalithic blocks. It's obvious to see that the climate there was much different than it is today. It's interesting, uh, in Argonautica, the story about Jason the Argonauts, when Jason the Argonauts sailed uh, up through the Dardanelles and the Bosporus, they mentioned the Bithynians, or the people of Bithynia, and Bithynia was one of the 10 or 12 most ancient tribes of the Thracians, and the Thracians' namesake is Tyros, a, guy, a fellow named Tyros, and that became the name Thracian. There were 10 tribes under them. Bithynia was one of them. They lived in the area of Troy. Now, Dory is another tribe of the Thracians. Now we've all heard of the Dorians, the Dorian invasion, the Greek Dorians who invaded from the north and took over the Peloponnesus around 2000 BC. These in reality were Thracians, the people of Dori, which was a southern province of the Thracian kingdom. So the Dorian Greeks in reality were Thracians, the offspring of this man named Tyros. In this hall, I show the artifacts from the early Bronze Age settlements from the area of the Varna and Yugoslav lakes. They are vessels from uh, clay, uh, stone artifacts, and uh, this is stone tools, and uh, these pieces from wood are from the housing structure of these submerged early Bronze Age uh, settlements. Very, have a very similar culture with uh, Eastern Mediterranean cultures, for example, Minos, in Anatolia, and Phoenicia on the coast. It's in Near East, you know. These Pottery vessels are very interesting. They are typical Russians. On the eastern part of the Balkan Peninsula. And they are similar to the clay pottery uh, with eastern of the west, eastern part of the Mediterranean and they are chronologically Mm, very close to the Troy. 
Значи, говорейки за тракийската култура, която е унеследила черноморската култура. Considering the Thracian culture allegedly inherited Black Sea culture, we can then assume that the ancient were navigators, primarily because of the direct evidence we found, such as one-piece wooden boats. Also, sailing vessels were depicted by using drawings on rocks. One of them was a ship complete with mast and sails. Thracians have been assumed to be the originators of many cultures. Before we start talking about the links between the ancient Thracians and ancient Egyptians, we must point out the links with the Phoenicians. The well-known regions of Troy has ties to the traditions too. It would be almost impossible for them not to have been linked with the early Egyptians by ancient ocean navigators. For instance, the main suppliers of wheat to the ancient Greeks were traditions. True, the cultural heritage of the ancient Thracian people is very interesting because they were merchants, suppliers, and traders with people in other parts of the world by their navigation. They did trade with Aegean sea villages such as Troy. Up to now we have found two single-piece wood boats dated 15th, 16th century BC. It speaks for well-developed sailing and maritime skills as far back as 3,500 years ago and must have originated well before that time. All this evidence and proof can point out attention to give us circumstantial, indirect evidence for the ways that ancient nation has contact with the other nations. Somehow, some way, these people made contact with other cultures, probably by sea. Here's a point in time where we can say that this ancient civilization was sailors, just like the Greeks were. Because of similarities of most ancient necropolis ruins at the site of Durankulak, we can assume the following, that the houses were built with stone foundation and that the upper part was made of wood. The way of thinking about the daily life of Dobrich is shown in the museum exhibit there. The way it's finished proves that there was a very high level of cultural advancement. The houses that were made by ancient people clearly indicates that they had free time at their disposal. They were also raising and cultivating plants and animals. I personally do not like the word ruins. These are not ruins. They are actually artifacts, treasures, traces and evidence left by one of the oldest cultures that ever existed in Europe. Artifacts have been found in the bigger island in the Durankulak Lake. There are six villages situated on the plot of land on the top of the island, one cheered over the other. This location is unique for Europe, in and of itself too. Every single house is extended on the large plot of 170 square meters. Each house was built using stones, for the house foundation. The upper part were made of mud and clay as mortar, using the stripe technique well known and well represented in India and China. The height of the houses was up to about three meters. Each house was divided into two rooms. The waterproof roof was made of two layers using 
the wattle and dab technique and sophisticated building material. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Timeline Tapes. Let's explore the findings made at the bottom of the Black Sea, including some rather extraordinary pieces of ancient jewelry. We consider that the metal which was manufactured for and into ornaments such as jewelry was gold, and that the ancients were digging it, panning or mining the gold in the area that currently called the Rodopi Mountain. At the time, there was numerous evidence showing us that metallurgy was very well developed. The tools were made mostly of copper. Archaeologists say that uh, they face uh, abrupt uh, decrease of population of this area because they have hundreds of the sites of Stone Age, but only a dozen of the Bronze Age. And they say that there was plenty of people who populated this area in Stone Age, but then they disappear somewhere. My viewpoint is that opposite happened. All the Stone Age settlement uh, was found uh, established by people who escaped from the flood and uh, populated the steps of the area uh, before the shoreline uh, stabilized and they came back and rebuilt their houses. And because uh, there is no uh, uh, copper uh, sources in the area, they uh, had to use stone uh, tools, uh, flint, and uh, if we use dating by the uh, tools, by artifact, we consider them stone age, but actually it has nothing to do with the age. The Phoenicians were presumed to have come from the sons of Sidon. 
who was the namesake for the ancient now submerged port city off the coast of Lebanon. In addition, the Thracians were also presumed to have come from Tyrus, a son of Japheth. Ancient historians even link the Ashkenaya region of the Ukraine with Ashkenaz, who was also a son of Japheth. The Cimmerians are linked with Gomer, another son of Japheth, known to the ancient Persians as Gemera. This seems to represent further evidence that the roots of the ancient people around the Old Black Sea are corroborated by the biblical accounts in Genesis. These earliest tribes of the Black Sea Basin were evidently already living there when the salt water from the then rising world ocean began to pour in. The Black Sea Basin created rivers outflowing back, such as the Don, Danube, and the Dnesta rivers. These rivers surged huge volumes of Ice Age runoff water back into the basin. It's when the Volga River was flowing as a torrent into the Caspian Sea. Many, many times its presence discharged, filling the Caspian Sea up to its outlet, which is the Manx Strait. Then that equivalent outflow would have poured into the Black Sea. The Black Sea would have risen to its outlet, and the same amount of outflow, and even perhaps more from the Black Sea rivers, from the, the uh, Danube rivers draining the ice of the Alps, all would have been poured out of the Black Sea, yes. And so the fact that we see the delta deposit of that river uh, south of the Kerch Strait, and we see its top of the delta, the subaqueous delta, at minus 50 meters, would say that that flood took the Black Sea Lake up to a level of about minus 30 meters. So its outlet at that time was about minus 30 meters. And then decades after this infilling had been occurring, Another temporary shoreline was established at negative 30 meters, but it is always at negative 30 meters. It doesn't vary from negative 20 to negative 50. So it indicates definitively that all this faulting, all this block faulting, call these, cause these stair-step block faults going down deeper and deeper along the continental shelf, uh, occurred at the end of the Ice Age and before this secondary shoreline was formed at negative 30 meters. So all this faulting, all this isostatic readjustment from the weight changes of the displaced water, the water moving in, caused all this faulting, all this catastrophic tectonic activity at the close of the Ice Age. Now, the argument's a little complicated, but when the ice caps melted in the global oceans and they shrank, the weight of the ice caused the land that the ice caps sat on to rebound. We see this dramatically in Scandinavia. When the water pours in the ocean, the weight of the extra water in the oceans causes the ocean floor to sag. And essentially, the plastic mantle deep beneath the crust moves from the areas where the water is added to the areas where the ice is removed. When the flood occurred in the Black Sea, you poured in 100 meters of water. The weight of that water then causes the margins around it to subside. 
Think about it, with warmer ocean waters and a greater evaporation rate, so you get your dense cloud cover for your snow blitzes in the extreme latitudes and much more rainfall in the middle latitudes. Ancient Egypt, the Old Kingdom Egypt, ancient Sumer, they're all much wetter. Think about it, those people couldn't live there today. They, they would not set up a grand civilization there in those, to those desert wastelands. It was much rainier there during the Ice Age because of dense cloud cover, because of higher evaporation rates off the ocean, because the oceans were warmer to cause the Ice Age. What causes the ice caps to come and go? We used to think it was caused by the amount of sunlight, we call solar insulation, that arrives at high latitudes in the northern hemisphere. But just a few years ago, our young students here began to preach an opposite gospel that is actually caused by changes in the equatorial circulations. It's linked to such phenomena as the El Nino and El Nina. And essentially has to do with heat transports from the equator northwards. And so the engine for climate change and the engine for, say, glacial meltdown may no longer be the amount of sunlight that forms at high latitude, but might actually be how the equatorial ocean behaves. And this is fantastic when your students <laughs> prove your ideas wrong. <laughs> now, to end the Ice Age, uh, you know, paradoxically, it, it does seem strange. The Ice Age ended when the ocean tempers, temperatures had cooled enough to where there was less evaporation off of the oceans to cause less cloud cover so you didn't have the dense cloud cover for the great snow blitz in the north and the much more rainfall in the central latitudes so you there was less cloud cover so you had hot summers because the cloud cover was gone and the clouds in the summer shield the earth from the sun so you had hot summers for a rapid snow melt and the winters became much colder because the cloud covers an insulator during the winter. Uh, Orion's and Pitman publication uh, came late 90s, but uh, Russians was uh, writing about the same uh, things of the forming of Black Sea much earlier, and there are publications of 1960s and earlier, and they even uh, uh, relate this event to the Dardanus flood from Greek mythology. So most of the legends they have is an oral tradition that came from previous groups and mostly through written documents of Greek mythology. And also it related to the names the Greeks gave to the sea. So my viewpoint is that in the beginning there was a very powerful flow of water from Black Sea to the uh, Aegean Sea, which was hard for the uh, salesmen to go against. But uh, after the Black Sea catastrophe, uh, Rainer Pittman talks about, talk about uh, the strong uh, counterflow will, was replaced with a mild uh, flow that uh, helped Aegeans to come to the Black Sea, and the, it caused the, the change of the title of the name. Black Sea is anoxic. Its bottom waters are all poisonous. The interface between its oxygen-rich layer and its poisonous layer today is about 90 meters in the center of the Black Sea. When the anoxic level gets shallow enough that it gets into the level of sunlight, a photosynthetic bacteria appear 
that produce a purple pigmentation. This purple pigmentation is in the black sea cores, which meant that the black sea poisonous water was very close to the sea surface and could have been exposed by big storms to poison the surrounding lands at the time of the early Sumerians in Mesopotamia. The fact remains that rainfall residue created poisonous chemical reactions in the Black Sea. These resulted in an unusual, hyperpigmented bacterial incursion in the sea. Salt water from the rapidly rising world ocean came in contact with the brackish water of the old Black Sea inland lake. Additional poisonous deposits were found clinging to the ancient ruins in Upper Mesopotamia. This clearly indicates also that the old Black Sea infilling at the end of the Ice Age was concurrent with the epoch of several ancient civilizations, Mesopotamians, Greeks, Thracians, Scythians, and Cimmerians. Yes, according to the evidence in ancient legends, ancient histories, uh, Sir James Fraser, uh, around 1900, traveled the world collecting ancient uh, uh, legends. And one of the legends which comes from Samothrace, which is an island just south of the Dardanelles, just south of the Black Sea, the legend says that Samothrace was part of the Greek mainland but then the sea level began to rise. The people were terrified and began to run to higher ground. And this is when Dardanus, who is the namesake of the Dardanelles, this is when he sailed and his sons, uh, Troas, founded Troy. And this, the, this Samothracian legend says that it was at this time that the Aegean Sea connected to the Black Sea. Now, Dardanus, according to ancient Greek historians, lived around 1500 BC. He did not live at 8000 BC. So we've got to look hard at a much later end for the Ice Age in historical times, at the end of the Old Bronze Age. There's a huge climate change across the world. The middle latitudes dried out. The ice packs disappeared. Sea levels rose at the time of Dardanus, which is, according to ancient Greek historians, around 1500 BC. Controversy swirls today around the Black Sea's ancient history and the reality of the flood. The flood is a hypothesis. It's a working hypothesis. We think it best explains the bulk, all the observations. But it's a hypothesis. It could be nullified tomorrow. So controversy has been extremely good for science and good for the Black Sea, and I relish controversy um, because it stimulates new thinking. Uh, controversy stimulates thinking at what we call out of the box, which certainly our model was out of the box. If someday some new evidence appears that nullifies the hypothesis, I'll sort of say, well, okay, I can sleep better now. And that's just great because we've learned, we've learned something. If the flood hypothesis holds up, it gives us an entirely new picture of our European origins. This is a new picture of the appearance of farming in Europe and where it came from and why it spread so far.
It would seem that this entire region, in fact, the second cradle of civilization, was just north of ancient Mesopotamia. The old Black Sea region was born immediately after the Ice Age, when it rained a lot more. Back when ancient humans built structures of sculpted and fitted megalithic blocks using wood timbers from the lush forest of the area. The post-Ice Age Black Sea region saw those ancient tribes smelting copper, gold, and silver, crafting fabulous works of art with their highly sophisticated tooling abilities. And all of this was before the great post-Ice Age sea level rise. It was back at the time of the ancient Greek kings, as mentioned by Plato himself, in his book Timaeus and Critias, when much of Greece, according to Plato, was submerged into the sea, when King Dardanus, whose namesake the Dardanelles Strait, now the waterway connecting the world ocean and the Black Sea, was settling his villagers in a countryside facing a new coastline, one which now holds mysteries of its own as it lies underwater, a long way out. Thanks for listening to Timeline Tapes. That's it for Dark Secrets of the Black Sea. Join us again next week as we investigate the eccentric life of Harry Houdini. If you want to experience more of the story, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, along with hundreds of other documentaries. If you want to reach out to Timeline Tapes, you can email us at timeline at little.studios.com, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at TimelineWH. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and write a review, too. I've been Nate Fisher. This has been Timeline Tapes. Let's go down in history together. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.